We've been meeting over three different weeks, and I know some have been here for a couple, or this might be the first one, or you've been here all the time. But what we're trying to do, let's just recap on that. (laughs) Um, We're looking at classical philosophical arguments for God's existence. All right? So we all of us, because we have a faith in God, can draw on one of the biggest arguments, I guess, which is personal religious experience. And um, when you have an experience of something, that is, you know, the the biggest thing you've got, really. But when you're talking to somebody um, and they don't have that experience and they don't share that experience, sometimes it's good just to have other things in the toolkit. It's, It's good to know that there are other arguments or other things that we can put forward, not that you would go into this great debate like this, but that you've just got in your mind that actually there are other things that we can put forward for God's existence. And so we've looked at um, the causation argument, week one. We looked at the design argument, week two. And this evening we're looking at the moral argument. And with the um, causation argument, I told you the fancy name was cosmological. With the design, the fancy name was teleological. And with the moral, the fancy name is the moral. Okay, so it's nice and simple. (laughs) The moral argument, it's just that. Okay, there isn't another name, not that I know anyway, for it. So I'm going to give you a little... um, question to start with and I want you to just turn to the person next to you or in your little groups and have a little discussion of this question. Okay, here we go. Does God command things because they are good or are things good because God commands them? Okay, just take a moment again to read that through. Okay, does God command things because they are good right, in themselves So God looks at something and it's good and he commands it. Or are things good by the very nature that God is the one commanding them? Off you go. (laughs) It's deep. And just to say, I don't have any answer to this, so there you go. Okay, how are we doing, folks? I'd love to hear your responses because... I um I asked my mum this question this afternoon. I just said I just want to throw this question out over the dinner table. <laughs> just like all right. Um just to see how it went. Um some feedback. What what do we think of this? Anybody got any thoughts? Well God can't create anything that's bad. Right. <laughs> <laughs> So the things God, uh, 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 are things good because God commands them? I would say yes. The top bit. I don't, I don't, don't quite go with. Personally. Anybody else? I I personally think that it's a bit of both because the fact that God would only command what is good, therefore it is good because he commands it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think there is a, I don't think you can say that um, something is good only because God commands it. Um, so it is, which, which is first? Is it good because God commands it, or is it good and God commands it? Yeah. 
And, and maybe command, um, I think my mum picked up on the same thing. She was like, well, what do you mean by command? I think that was, she was going on that same word. Um, but then I guess what is good is a question. Is everything good? Is anything God commands good? Nice, you would want to say yes. Anything God commands would be good because God in his nature is good. I guess that's where we do trust God, even if what he commanded might seem bad. But we would trust that because God is good, that there's an outcome. And I think so you were saying before, it's not the action, it's the outcome, isn't it? So let's take the story of I was saying today about Abraham and Isaac. God asking Abraham to sacrifice his son. Now all of us go, whoa, hang on, that's bad. You don't sacrifice your children. <laughs> but God knew the outcome. And so that action that he was commanding was good because he knew in in the sovereignty of who he was, that it was good. So I guess we, as believers in God, sort of have that trust in God that even if we might not understand it or it might look, you know, um, weird, because we know that God's nature is good and he can't do anything bad or evil, then we've got to trust that he knows what this outcome is. Our good might be different to his good anyway, mightn't it? Precisely. So my good is... Yes, right, that's it, because, yeah, he's got a different way of seeing things than we have, mm. and we think we know what's good for us, and actually we don't always know what's good for us, but God does know what's good for us. Roger yeah. was saying about um, Peter's vision of the unclean things, yep. and then God said to Peter, why, do you, why are you calling them unclean? Um, so it's like our perception yeah. might be yeah. not his. And God was saying, no, look, they are clean yeah. now. It is good. Yeah, but, but he had thought previously that was yeah. the wrong thing. And previously, of course, it had been. Yeah. yeah. So that's a good demonstration of actually know what God commands is good. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Good. <laughs> Top of the class. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but then when it comes to things of morality, like I use the idea of honesty and lying and stuff like that, um, it's not quite as simple, is it? Because God might be saying, yes, you can lie because of the greater good. With, with the midwives, that happened, but I don't know if it's happened anywhere else in the Bible. Where people lied? Or like when he yeah, allowed the midwives. That's it, I saying this morning, yeah. Where, where did you sit? When the midwives lied to say, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And uh, we mentioned about Rahab today, she lied. But he didn't, I don't know, did he tell them to lie or did they just know that by lying they would save them and he was okay with that because it saved them? Yeah, because we're getting into the fine detail here, but when we're thinking about good, we're thinking of the whole situation, aren't we? Not isolated things, because isolated things we all know can be, can change sometimes to be good or bad depending on the situation, isn't it? Yeah. So I guess we're saying 
I don't have an easy answer to that, but I think my response would be that there is, a, there is good and there is bad in the world. They're, they're opposites, because if you've got one, you've got the other. Um, and I think that God, because I trust that he is good all the time and won't command anything bad or evil and won't create anything bad or evil in that sense, that he would only command things that are good, even if I don't understand that. I would say they are still good. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's move on a bit. Let's do something a little bit fun, okay? I want you to imagine in your groups that you have been stranded on a desert island and um, you've got to make some rules, okay? You've got to make a list of rules that you're going to have. If any of you read Laws of the Flies, <laughs> this is very close to that, isn't it? Um, try and think of ten rules. You might not think of ten, but think of some stuff. One of you might want to jot them down on your piece of paper or something. Just a few rules that you would have to create a good society on your desert island. You're not sure how long you're going to be there. Um, let's say we have all landed on the desert island as a group. Okay. Um, what rules? Uh, absolutely. That is, um, <laughs> we've got fair grills, okay? So we're all right for that. Off you go. Make a little list. Okay, let's start with, um, let's start with Nigel's group, because you've got ten, haven't you? Go on, Emily. Far away. So, number one is share. So you want to share all the food. Do not steal. So do not steal all the food. Look out for each other. Um, implement some kind of democratic system. Take all vote. Be respectful. Because that's worked. Be respectful. If you're hungry, go to the other side of the island. Love each other, be quick to solve problems, do not murder or harm, and never let the fire go out. Okay. Nice. <laughs> nice little list there. Okay. You guys here in the middle. We just decided you'd cheat and steal the Ten Commandments. <laughs> <laughs> Those are the perfect ones. Do not steal, think about yep. food, and, you know, don't kill anyone. Yep. And then we decided not to eat each other. <laughs> yeah, it kind of went off on a tangent, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, but we'd honour each other. Right. Oh, yeah. So you change it just slightly and, yeah. Okay. Good. All right. You go. Well, we were assuming that we did have fair grills with us, so we didn't have to worry about the fire. Yes, good. Anything. Excellent. He, um, he's there to deal we, with that. We mentioned the Ten Commandments, but we, you know, don't hurt anyone physically or emotionally or any, in any way. Help each other. Do fair share of the work and be kind, but then um, the, the Ten Commandments, really. Okay. Excellent. This group over here. Much the same. Well, I'll, I'll just read them out. So, don't lie or steal. Be helpful. Be kind. You must share. Work together as a team. Oh, that's... Oh, share the duties as well. Find agreement with each other before doing things. Be positive. Um, we thought, don't like moaners. <laughs> uh, pray and sing worship songs. Oh, wow. <laughs> Very good. Okay. Well, the thought behind the singing was that the fish might jump out of the water because my singing so bad. <laughs> Through that food. Jumping into the net. Yeah. Let's try to escape. Yeah, try to escape. Okay. Excellent. Okay. Um, 
All right, so a number of different things there, but quite a few similarities really about the type of things that we would want to instill in our society. Okay, hold that thought for a moment, and I'm going to give you a few scenarios, and I want you to say um, what should happen, okay, what you should do. Okay, your team is in Texas, America. The sheriff in the town is guarding the courthouse against the mob that is about to storm it by force in order to capture a prisoner and lynch him even before his trial. If the mob is frustrated, many people may be killed in the ensuing riot. Should the sheriff deliver the prisoner to the mob? Yay or nay? You're shaking your head? No. No. Because? Basically because that is then committing murder. If the people in their choice are choosing to get into a mob violence, that's not the sheriff's fault, mm. in a sense. And it, it is a very difficult moral one life for others, but it is, what is the motive behind what you're doing? But also it's his job, isn't it? His mm. job is to yes. uphold the law, mm. and going mm. against it is not doing his job. Yeah, he's, that's it. So he's, so probably, I'm imagining most of us would agree, that he shouldn't, anybody, I don't know, um, anyone thinking that maybe he should? No, I said that, you'd be like, no. <laughs> you can say yes. Okay, all right, good. Um, oh, what about this one? Um, in Dostoevsky's novel, Crime and Punishment, I'm not sure if anyone's read that, but the main character plots and carries out the murder of an old woman who has a considerable amount of money in her apartment. After killing her, he steals the money, and his argument is this. She's a malicious old woman, she's petty, cantankerous, and scheming, uh, useless to herself and to society, which actually happens to be quite true, and her life causes no happiness to herself or to others. And if her money um, was found after her death, it would only fall into the hands of the wealthy children anyway, whereas he would use it for his education to better his life. Is this action justified? Yeah, I think that probably if we had a bit of background to it, yeah. Mm. On it doesn't justify. However, however sympathetic we might be to his situation, and however much we might, the, the old lady might not be. She looks quite nice. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I was thinking that <laughs> just got a picture of this poor old lady. It's like on this slide, it's like nothing to do with it. Um, it would be wrong. It would be wrong. Yeah. It would be wrong. Definitely. Yeah. Okay. Um, and if somebody steals food because they're hungry, mm. you know, mm. is it right or is it wrong? You mean? If yeah. you're dead hungry and your children can't eat. Absolutely. And you know that that person's got extra. Mm-hmm. But yes. that's yeah. doing it for your children. He was doing it for himself, for his own own personal. Mm. What if he was doing it for his children? Because if he gets an education, he can pay for his children to eat more. Mm. Right. So there's a difference between <laughs> killing somebody. Precisely. Yeah. Yeah. There is a big difference. Yeah. Well, even um, if the prostitute who works in that way, we look down on her, and she's doing that because she wants to feed her kids. What we said, we, we would welcome people if they doing something that yeah. we wouldn't do. Still, mm. yeah, we can ask them, but we don't have to condone the thing. We don't have to say it's right. No, 
And he may well be stupid. Sorry, just that. It's a big moral argument. It's a big ethical issue. This, and um, if we were doing ethics, and we may well venture into that, but that whole idea of yeah, um, is you know what's what's right and what's wrong and. Um, is, is it dependent on the situation and the circumstances? Probably, yeah, I, I think, maybe, myself, but I don't know. Put that out there. Okay. Um, all right, just one more thought, and then um, I'll play you a little video. I want you to have a little chat amongst yourselves, just as if you'd read my thoughts. Have a chat about things that you would say are always wrong. So, for example, speeding, you might say, you might want to say, it's always, always wrong. You might want to say, well, maybe it's not always wrong. Maybe that it could be right. Have a little discussion in your groups. What are the things in life that just, you know, are just always wrong? Off you go. Okay, let's just um, pause it there for a moment. Um, let's just have one thing from each group that we think is always wrong. Let's start over this side this time. Polly, let's start with you. Just one thing off your list that you might think is always wrong. Just one thing. Yeah, for now. Abuse. Abuse. Yeah. I tend to agree that abuse is always wrong. Yeah. And that can take lots of different forms. Um, but, could, you know, can we ever really justify abuse? Not really. It's wrong. Okay. You guys, anything else that you think is always wrong? Pornography. Okay. Yeah. And everything that perhaps goes with that and the industry of it, it's just always wrong. Yeah. Okay. You guys? <laughs> you lot. It's yeah. almost like everything is wrong because he is, he is a perfect God and sin is sin. So we got this hijacked. Okay. And, and then, then we said maybe, so, you know, you said that. Yeah, it's very much situational ethics, which is a very difficult area because what you say is wrong. Is there a situation where... It could be right. It could be right because of mm. the ramifications of what happens. And yeah, and... Said the biblical side about reading the Holy Spirit, but that's also a bit different, because that's like unforgivable sin, whereas yeah. wrong doesn't mean it's not forgivable. No. Um, and I think if we went down the line, like we were doing before a little bit, we could exhaust this out to the sense of, you know, if someone was going to blow up the world, 
um, you know, if we took it to the extreme and they said, if you don't do that, that thing we think is always wrong, I'm going to blow up the world, and you do it, you might say, well, that's the right thing to do in that situation. <laughs> um, because the whole world is at stake. Yeah, like we could take it to those extremes. Um, we could, and there's always a situation. But just thinking in a normal, everyday sort of thing, scenario, there are maybe some things that we would just go, yeah, actually, I can't, you can't justify that. That's just always wrong. Um, but I completely get what you're saying. I love that. But anyway, yeah, um, you guys. Human exploitation. Okay. That is a long list, isn't it? Um, genocide, you know, absolutely. Human exploitation. But that was in the Old Testament genocide, really, wasn't it? Mm, yeah. Wanted, you know, God wanted the Israelites to kill a lot of people in order. Yeah. yeah, the Old Testament's a tricky thing, isn't it? Yeah. Um, and that goes back to, can something be good if God commands it? <laughs> um, and if God commands it, and we think it looks bad, is it good? Um, of course, we could go down the line there as a whole, how do we interpret the Old Testament? Maybe. Um, that's another evening. <laughs> but yeah, you're absolutely right. That's a big question for us. And that's a, quite a lot of people come back at you when you're chatting, aren't you? Not you, but like us when we're saying, we say, what about the Old Testament, God? Because then they bring Hitler into it, and that was about making a pure race. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we can probably, yeah, explain that a bit, bit easier because it was Hitler and we can say, you know, well, it's like what I was talking about today about different types of faith we can have. But um, when it's God and we trust that God is good, um, that's more tricky. And maybe that does come as well down to, like I said, the way we interpret the Old Testament and actually how those stories were written and how the people at the time interpreted them. Um, attributing things to God and yeah but it's not an easy one and it, I don't have an answer to it mm. but um, I would Roger said Donald Trump <laughs> <laughs> he could always be wrong <laughs> I like it okay um, well there are some things I think that we would agree that you know just don't ever sit right with us they're always wrong and even those are the big things but even like little things like if we were like in a situation and you know with someone we talk about things and we'd go that's just that's really that's just wrong they shouldn't have behaved like that they shouldn't have had it you know instinctively we have this idea and uh, this is where the moral argument sits really because i got you to list 10 things that would you would put in a society and generally speaking we come up with the same sort of stuff we come up with the same sort of things same values and that's, I mean, okay, we have the Ten Commandments in worship. Now, if somebody was not a Christian, they probably wouldn't come out with those. But those aside, um, it, whoever we are, we would come up with those same things that just seem to sit right with us. Um, when I gave you those situations and those scenarios, now, they might, we might bring other people into the room, they might disagree with us. But probably the majority would say, actually, no, in that situation, this should happen, or that should happen. Or no, actually, it's not right to kill that old lady, even if you don't like her, or whatever, <laughs> all right? We have that common ground, and there are some things that we would agree on that are always wrong. Not everybody, because a lot of people might want to say, actually, you can never say that something is absolutely wrong. 
but I'd want to take issue with them. But anyway, um, so this is where the moral argument is, okay? It's, it's calling on this. It's these sort of questions, really. Is moral awareness innate? Uh, is there a common human experience of obligation to this moral law? Do we all have this shared common idea of a sense of duty? Um, and if so, is the existence of God the best way to explain the moral awareness? They're rhetorical questions. I'm not going to get you to um, chat about those. But what I do want to show you quickly, um, Mike, would you just be able to put on the little clip for me? Um, and I think if you could just push it to about 1 minute 14. <laughs> That's quite precise, isn't it? <laughs> They basically they show some toys to the little children and some little shapes and um, the basically they have some toys that are bad and like not very nice and they're like mean to the other little toys and um, then they have some that are good they either do it with toys or they do it with little shapes and then they present these shapes or these toys to the children and and get them to pick out um, which one was good I'm not explaining that very well but generally they pick out the high percentage of the one that they like the best is the one that's been good. So it's kind of showing that is there something right from the outset that's innate within us that knows kind of right and wrong, good and bad. And that's really where the moral argument is um, going. It's saying that there is this innateness within us that can't be explained by our upbringing or our culture or our experience because there's loads of stuff that can but actually within us is there something that just we are born with, that knowledge. Okay? Um, so perhaps this moral awareness is placed in us by God from the beginning. Um, and if, I th- if you think back to last week, I ended with this idea that if we are sure that there is evil things in the world and there is un- in, like, things are unjust or there's injustice in the world we are assuming the reality of some extra-natural or supernatural standard by which to make a judgment, because we were talking about Eve and suffering and stuff. Um, So if we have that, then is there a... Does it point towards a God who is that standard and has placed within us the idea of being moral and being good? Because, I just put there at the end, as evolution alone may not be able to give us that, would evolution produce altruistic motives? Evolution, uh, on its own whether you believe in it or not. But evolution on its own is about a process of survival of the fittest. It's a process which is you're just fighting to stay alive. And the idea then is, well, where does this altruistic, this idea of selflessness, of helping others come from? Because would that evolve in the evolutionary line if it's dog-eat-dog, if it's survival of the fittest? Where does that idea come from? And it could be, I mean, there's lots of different things you could say to that, but it could be that that idea of reaching out to others, of putting ourselves second and others first, is from a God who would do that. Because naturally, in a natural sense, in an evolutionary sense, we wouldn't do that. Okay? But we do. We are nice. We do look out for one another. We do love each other. We do put other people first and sometimes sacrifice, etc., Okay, so the moral argument, um, one strand of it is saying, well, the very fact that we can identify what is right and wrong, good and bad, means that it was there from the start. You know, if you sit down, uh, if you sit down, if you think about, um, think about it, did anyone ever sit you down and say, I'm going to tell you now, genocide is wrong. Okay, or I'm going to tell you now that abuse is wrong. 
I don't think that happens. I know we do get told right and wrong. We do have an upbringing of that and we get a sense. But it's kind of just instinctive within us that there's things that are wrong. And people don't have to sit us down and say, actually, that's not the right thing to do. Um, For some stuff. There's loads of other stuff that is obviously cultural and experience and upbringing. Um, Just a couple of little quotes then. This is on your paper. You can see um, Cardinal John Henry Newman um, put this. If, as is the case, we feel responsibility, are ashamed, are frightened at transgressing the voice of conscience, this implies that there is one to whom we are responsible. So much about listening to your conscience and being guided by that. And if we feel that sense that we can go against that voice of conscience, then actually... Is there someone there that we feel a responsibility to because we feel like that? So, he says, just stay with it for a moment. He says this, um, that when virtue and happiness do come together, so when you've done something good and you've done the right thing and it produces happiness and reward, it's called the highest good, the summon bonum, if you want a little bit of Latin thrown in there. But if you don't, just go with the highest good. It's the ultimate, ultimate good when you are doing right things and good things and you're getting rewarded and, you know, you're happy because of it. What could be better, he says. Okay. So, he goes on to say, we can't always achieve, some and bottom, the highest good in this lifetime. That's true. How many of us do right things, good things, and actually it leads to disaster? (laughs) And it leads to suffering. And people don't like us because of it. Okay, it doesn't happen in this world. That although it's logical that it should, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. All right? So Kant's thinking, okay, it doesn't happen here, but it's logical it should. So where should it happen? He says, well, there has to be an afterlife then. There has to be an afterlife where we can achieve this ultimate happiness, this state of happiness for doing the right thing. Okay? And therefore, if there's an afterlife, we have to suggest that there's a God. So that's his thinking of making sense of morality. And when I've spoken to people who have spoken to people, because I haven't spoken to people. <laughs> right, let me start again. When I've spoken to someone who's had a conversation with somebody in another country who's going through absolute extreme suffering, like horrific suffering, the way they make sense of that suffering is through the afterlife. Because they go, well, okay, it, it's horrific here. But there will be a day when it's right. And there will be a day when I'm happy and I'm at peace and I'm rewarded for the living, the right living that I've been doing. Maybe it makes more sense to someone like that in, in, in a desperate situation. But Kant is saying, look, there has to be this logical step that ultimately our good, our right living will be rewarded. And he says, so that's how he gets to his place of saying there's a God. Not because he, he always says it's not an argument. It shouldn't even be called more argument because he always says it's not an argument. But I'm just saying that it's got to make sense. There's got to be a God. Have a little discussion in your group what you think about that. Off you go. Do you agree? Do you think that? Okay, I know time is um, ticking on and um, I don't want to be too much longer. So, um, any comments back? We were just saying, um, as Christians, obviously, knowing there's an afterlife gives us hope. Um, And 
logically that is what we would believe because we don't always see our actions being rewarded and the Bible teaches us that anyway. But then for me with two sisters who believe differently to me, the one doesn't believe in an afterlife as such and she's very um, feels very bitter about life and disillusion, which I totally get because even as Christians we can feel that sometimes. And the other one sort of believes once you die, you still, like she feels my father talks to her. He's dead, but he still talks to her through different ways. Maybe some Christians also do that for a sense of hope. But as far as I get it, we, we don't consult like the dead for the living. But so, so I think there'll be so many different aspects depending on what you believe. But as Christians, I think the afterlife would be what he says. with a lot of people is the fact that they don't think there's anything else so this is it so if you do good but you get bad in return well what's the point that's just your lot you know tough luck Mm. Um, and that's life yeah and and so it does leave that frustration where for us there is a hope that says well my reward is in heaven Mm. even if I don't see it here I will Mm. see it conversation once with someone about the afterlife and I said well you know what it doesn't really matter too much if there isn't an afterlife is you know does it really matter um in the big scheme of things we're just chatting and and they said that that's coming from from somebody like me who has an okay life and they they were saying back to me you tell that to the person in absolutely extreme suffering that it doesn't matter it definitely does matter um now I got put in my place obviously um but you know, I think I was going down the line of, well, you know, still believe in God now because it's about living now. Um, but they were like just showing the importance of, you know, actually this really is so key if you, you know, if you know that ultimately your reward and happiness will come. Um, but I think we're right, and I think I was hearing the same thing, that this line of the moral argument, it, it's going to be hard to wash that with somebody who's not a Christian. Because that's a big jump to say, oh, well, logically this should happen. Um, so therefore, it doesn't happen here. Oh, there must be an afterlife. And then there's a big jump to say, that has to be God. Because yes. it could be anything. Yeah? It could be some it sort of... It feels like he had an idea. Yes. And he fitted the... Yes, that onto it. The yeah, yeah, that's right. And if we had time, um, which we don't... I could take you down like a different... His, his whole ethical theory, really, of what we've just been talking about. And the conclusion is this is a very much of an add-on to what his ethical theory was. Um, but maybe it just supports a belief when you do believe in God. It does help us. Um, but I think probably in terms of argument-wise, our first part of, for me would be a stronger case of just the fact that we do have a sense of morality and we do have a conscience. I think that that innateness, for me, um, points more strongly to God than this would. Okay, I'm just going to end with a final thought, um, a couple of thoughts. Oh, sorry. just want you to think for a moment. Think, okay? I want you to come up in your groups of one thing that you can think of, 
of beauty, one thing of justice, and one thing of goodness. Okay, just quickly, one thing of beauty, one thing of justice, and one of goodness. It can be a scenario, it can be a, something in nature, it could be anything. Off you go, just quickly. Okay, yeah, we've got an example of beauty, justice, and goodness. Oh. It can just be a situation or a scenario, or it can just be anything that you see, think. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm coming to you. <laughs> okay, let's start with you, you guys. Do you want to give us an example of beauty, justice, goodness? Um, beauty, mountains. Mountains. Justice, when someone gets free from trafficking and the trafficker gets put in jail for life. Yep. Um, goodness, a good glass of wine. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yep, lovely. It's beautiful too. Okay. I've said lots of trees to that. Yes, good. Oh, yeah. Maybe that would be a better example, you two. <laughs> yeah, Mother Teresa's goodness. Okay, you guys, beauty, justice, goodness? Beauty, we said sunrise. Yep. Justice, we said when people get what come to them, and I said, was it a football match once? A guy ran onto the pitch and was really taunting the police and making, uh, laughing at the police. He turned around and made certain gestures to the policeman who was chasing him. As he turned around, straight into the goalpost. Oh yeah, yeah. That's good, isn't it? Okay. Liz and Wendy? Well we thought of um, the beauty we thought sunset <laughs> Yeah, sunset. Yeah. Justice we Okay. It's getting late. It's getting late. <laughs> Okay, yep. You guys? Um, beauty, bees. Yeah, okay. Um, then just justice, punishment for things like rape and extreme yeah. violence. Yeah, get punishment with uh, justice, yeah. And goodness. We didn't get to that. We didn't get to goodness. goodness. Right, okay, that's fine. All right. But there's loads of things. If we sat here all night, we could come up with different things that are beautiful, and things of justice and things of goodness. Um you know, when did someone teach us that a sunrise was beautiful? When did someone sit us down and say the mountains are beautiful? Or this is what justice looks like? Or this is good? We kind of know it. Yeah. It's kind of in there. And I think that kind of points to perhaps some idea of God. Um, and it's not just me that thinks that. <laughs> I want to show you what Thomas Aquinas said. He said this, Aquinas was not arguing for the existence of God from experience of morality. Okay? It was different. He was arguing that we experience things that are good, that are true, that are noble, they're virtuous. These things must take their goodness, their truth and ability from something that is more good, true and noble. There cannot be an infinite regress of goodness, you can't keep going back and back and back. There must be something that is ultimate good. This is what we know as God. The idea derives from ideas about causation that we're looking at in our first argument. Something must be the cause of the noble things that we experience. The goal to which all humanity strives is the ultimate good. I kind of like this thought that Perhaps when we look at something like a sunrise and the mountains and we see them as beautiful, they contain an essence of beauty. 
or we look at a situation, it contains an essence of justice or an essence of goodness. But if we go back to what those things are in their truest form of what beauty really is or what justice really is or what goodness really is, is that where the perfect things lie and is that perfect thing God? Maybe. Maybe there's a starting point of all these good things, of all these noble things and virtue things and the perfection of what is beautiful and it lies in a perfect form of that. Um, and then we see the essence of those things in the things around us. Which I kind of like that thought a little bit. Um, we could go down to Plato, but we won't go into Plato there. I'll stop. All right, last, um, last one. Slide. Uh, Frederick Copleston says this. I do think that all goodness reflects God in some way and proceeds from him, so that in a sense the man who loves what is truly good loves God, even if he doesn't advert to God. Everything strives towards the ultimate good. If you see goodness, um, if you see things that are right, that are beautiful, it comes from the ultimate thing that is good and right and beautiful. And that's the last little bit there of that particular moral argument. And I will end there because it's getting late, I realise. So, just to finish off then, summary. I know we've not all been here for all three evenings, but these are the three things we've looked at. The causation argument, there must be a first cause. The design argument, there must be an intelligent designer. And the moral argument, there must be a good God who gave us an innate understanding of good and where good derives from. Just quickly, in your groups, which do you think is the most convincing if you've been here? But even if you haven't, you can get an idea of what it is. Have a little just chat amongst yourselves quickly. Okay, what do we think? Most convincing argument, what do we reckon? Any ideas? What's the most convincing argument? Which one did you like the best? Design argument? Design, yeah. Okay. I think that's the one that I've spoken to people about. The most. The idea that we've got this. Yeah. It links in with causation, well, isn't it, as well? The beauty of it. The complexity. The, you know, the, yeah, the fact that it's ordered in its purpose and it's... it's quite an easy one to explain. Yeah, too hard to be an accident, too hard to be random chance. Yeah. Yeah. Well, they all, what they do is they give us strands that just strengthen, um, you know, the logical belief in God, uh, in the existence of God. Okay, um, there is one other classical argument. It's called the ontological argument, but we're not going to go in that one. Um, yeah, I'll just leave that one. It's, uh, it's to do with the nature of God, and really it definitely is only for people who believe in God. It doesn't make any sense if you're yeah, strapped on side. Okay, so those are the three, and I hope from the, the other couple of evenings you've just gained something or just enjoyed even talking about it. I just love talking about it even if we never come up with any answers or even if we think they're rubbish or whatever. It's just nice to be in that. So what I've given you is a little piece of paper and if you don't mind, um, you don't have to put anything on this piece of paper. If you want to, you can. Um, I quite like this setup of an evening of like a teaching and taking a topic and um, I want to do this in the future. Um, so if there's any topics or any things that you think, oh, I'd really like to explore that a little bit further in a group. And I just want you to jot them down on a piece of paper, and I'm just going to collect them in so I can have a, have a look at what might be of interest to you. It could be biblical, it could be theological, it could be a particular um, study of something in the Bible, it could be something um, that you're confused about or you'd like to know more about, it could be some sort of ethical issue, it could be to do with anything. 
just you think, if there's something that you think, I'd really like to talk about that. I know we've done teaching units before. We looked at the Trinity. We've looked at other stuff. It might be, you know, there's lots of different things that we could look into. Healing, the afterlife. I'm not putting thoughts in your head, but anything. Ethics, sexuality, I don't know. If there's anything, just jot it down. If not, don't worry. Okay. Thank you so much for being such a delightful audience <laughs> and so responsive. Shall I pray before we um, head off to our, to our homes? Father God, we just thank you for tonight, Lord. We thank you for what we've been talking about and discussing, Lord. I just hope that that is just, um, just gets us thinking about the things of you. Um, and it's not always straightforward, but Lord, what we do know is that we love you and, and we know that, that you love us and that you want the best for us and um, that you are good and your ways are good. And Lord, I just pray that over the next coming weeks, there might be opportunities for us to speak about our faith, to witness to other people, um, and just be able to share your goodness and your love. So I pray that you bless each person here now in your mighty name. Amen. Amen. Amen.